welcome to Tea, Toast, and Trivia. Thank you for listening in. I am your host, Rebecca Budd, and I am looking forward to sharing this moment with you. I am delighted that I am traveling virtually to Hawthorne, New Jersey, where I am meeting up with photographer, mentor, and personal branding coach, Linford Morton. Lynn and I have known each other ever since I joined his online photo group that he mentored several years ago. During this course, group members posted a photo a day and a short explanation. I confess being intimidated by the caliber of photographers, but I soon felt a kinship and camaraderie within this group. Lynn's enthusiasm and inclusive approach opened the world of photography for me. Branding and marketing are in Lynn's blood. He sold his first logo at 12 years old when his school held a contest to see if anyone could create a logo. Lynn won first place and pocketed a $25 prize. And by the way, the school is still using Lynn's logo to this very day. How has photography changed the way we view the world? What is the future of photography in our digital age? How can we engage within a dynamic virtual world? These are the questions that will be discussed today. I invite you to put the kettle on and add to this exciting dialogue on tea, toast, and trivia. Welcome, Lynn. I have been looking forward to this conversation. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Thank you for the warm welcome. I've been looking forward to it as well. I'm just delighted I get to chat with you after all this time. My first question, Lynn. What is your earliest memory of taking a photograph and how did your photography journey progress? Photography has been a constant in my life because I'm a second-generation photographer. So I got it honestly. Back on the little island of St. Kitts, my dad started when he was about 15, and he was the main photographer on the island. He would ride his bike around taking portraits of people. He has this picture he took of himself when he was 15 that he claims is the first selfie ever. It's just great to have a picture of my dad running into the camera at 15 years old. My father's also a teacher, and because he liked photography, he ended up being a school photographer as well. As a kid, I always had cameras around me. My first recollection is, I guess I was around six or seven or somewhere in that time frame, and my dad had this twin lens reflex camera. It's the kind that you look down into it, and it's a 220 size film. And I remember this because the image was upside down when you looked into it. And he got me my own version of that camera when I was that young. And so since then, I have always been most comfortable when a camera was in my hand. In terms of my photography journey, growing up, my dad would take me around with him and be his assistant. When he would take pictures of proms and do portraits and bop around with him as he did his photography. One of those things my dad taught me when he would photograph weddings, he'd always say, you can learn so much about their relationship just by watching them interact. My dad went on to become a videographer and he liked to do this thing. He said, she said, when he did couples, 
he would take them separately and record and ask them the same questions about how they met, what the other person liked about them, all these things, and interview them separately and then play them one after the other. It was just a hoot at how they saw the same situation so differently. Your father must have been so much fun to be with. Oh, yeah, he was quite a card. I took my first formal photography class when I was in college. I took a photojournalism course, ended up being my minor. And then when I got out, I joined the Army as a photojournalist. That gave me the opportunity because I wanted to write, I wanted to take pictures and thought, these guys will give me an opportunity as well. So I got to go around Eastern Europe back in the 90s, just taking pictures and telling the Army story. I came back as a marketing and PR guy. That was my professional career for about 25 years. I think that served me well when I decided the next chapter of my life to go into this kind of photography, community building, and mentoring. This was second nature in some ways. Well, you started with a logo for your school, and it's still there. It was when we lived in St. Thomas in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Back in 2006, my mother took us all on a cruise. We went back there, we went to see the school, and I walked in the door, and I saw my logo. I said, oh my God, I did that. I made that. <laughs> Isn't that what it's all about? It's leaving a legacy. Photos leave a legacy. You once asked me what I thought of photography, what was so special about photography. And I wrote you back, and I said, photography is the only method to stop time. When I do my street photography class, I, I always talk about the pivotal times in history. The way we know what happened is because somebody there pulled out a camera and pushed a button and recorded it. We would not have known so many things had someone there not stopped and taken the time to take that photograph. When I lived in Washington, D.C., they brought out all these pictures from 100 years ago. And as I looked at these just in awe, and it hit me like 100 years from now, people will be looking at our photographs to get clues of what our world was like. What we take for granted is just snapping an image. My great-great-grandkids are going to go, oh my goodness, is this what life was like in the 2000s? Just like we want to go back to the 1920s, we want to go back and see what that was all about. And photography helps us see. Right, it really does. They say the picture is worth a thousand words because in all these pictures, I grasped so much information, more so than if someone decided to sit and write out prose describing what a street looked like in 1922. I could look at things like the style of vehicles, the style of dress, the architecture, and find so many clues that tell me what the socioeconomic conditions were, what the weather was like, how people interacted. We get so many more clues in what looks like a static photo. But it isn't static, is it? If you do it well, you can anticipate what happened before and what will come next. In storytelling mode, give me what came before and what came after in that moment you've captured. How is photography changing within our complex world? Where do you see that going? Now, what's interesting about this, Rebecca, is the technology in all cameras, from the cell phones to the mirrorless, which is the newest thing, and the DSLR, which is the digital single lens reflex cameras, has just been growing by leaps and bounds. 
I think back to my time in the mid-90s when I was in the Army. I served during the time when the Bosnian peacekeeping mission. And because I was a indicator, I got to go around to so many different locations photographing all through Croatia and Bosnia and all these countries. And, and I saw so much. But when I'm holding a camera with only 36 exposures that I'll have to go into the darkroom and, and develop, I'm a lot more judicious about what I would record. And I'd love to get a do-over now because I could afford to shoot and tell so many more stories and tell them more fully. Now, the new cameras will even pre-roll. So if, if you are doing something interesting and I missed it, the camera can go back in time and record before I even decided to push the button. The technology is just so incredible. The camera will get exposure right, lock in the autofocus right. It will do all those things for you. and so. For the photographer, where you now have to distinguish yourself is in seeing more creatively. Because no technology will make that camera see what's interesting in a scene in front of you and point out what's going to be interesting and point out where the action's going to be and what's the best angle to photograph that from. That's where, as photographers, we will now make our impact in seeing more creatively and then using technology to tell those stories more fully. I believe photography is a form of artistry. You said what distinguishes a photo is the creativity that comes into it. Absolutely. I think it requires you to have a point of view. When I did my workshops around the Washington Monument, Cornell University researchers found that the Lincoln Memorial was the seventh most photographed location on the planet. And this is where I'm teaching people how to take pictures. 22 million people every year go by and point a camera at that building. And so now when you happen upon it, you can say, this has been photographed 22 million times. It's boring. Or you can say, what was happening on the day I was there? And what about what spoke to me and my interest? And now you begin to use your point of view to capture something we've seen a million times and make it more interesting. We have the ability to share photos as soon as they're made. How does photography bring us together? I think in telling our stories and documenting our lives, we see how much we have in common with so many other people. We see where our differences are. I can look at pictures that you post from your vacation, having never been to Vancouver, and see commonalities in maybe some places where I've lived. We also share a love of water and the ocean. We can see shared experiences through our photography where we might not have known those connections existed. My mother took us all on this cruise one Christmas. Me, my family, my sister, her family, to the islands where we grew up. We all took our pictures. and When we were finished, my sister said, give me some of your best pictures. And she curated like a coffee table book of all of our pictures together. And I always thought that was so meaningful because now I have this physical reminder of that time we all spent together, which my kids still look back on that time fondly. And that brought us back together in terms of reliving it. Photography confirms that we have witnessed a specific moment. How do we archive these photos? For example, we love to take selfies. According to Photo Tutorial's data, 92 million selfies will be taken across all devices every day in 2022. 
And this number coincides with the fact that 2.3 billion photos are taken every day. 4% of them are selfies. We have taken photography to the heights that we may be oversaturated. How do we make ours meaningful to us? And how do we honor the ones that come to us without being overwhelmed? To further elaborate on your question, last week I was hired to go to this local high school and do a photograph of the senior class. All of the seniors were there wearing t-shirts for the colleges they were going to attend. And I was supposed to just document the whole thing. I was almost irrelevant because all those kids were doing their own photo shoots. They were just all over shooting each other and everyone was taking pictures. I remember back when cameras weren't as prevalent, I used to joke that when I go to a parade, I could always go to the front of the linebacker saying, excuse me, I have a camera. And everyone was like, oh, get out of the way, Marge. He has a camera, you know. <laughs> and then one day I said, I have a camera. And 30 people with cameras turned around and looked at me like, so? Like with everything else, you're right. We're overwhelmed. For us to make an impact, sometimes less is more. You shoot, you shoot, you shoot, you take pictures. But when you go back, you edit ruthlessly. In doing the work of curating your own photographs and showing less of them, they become more impactful, I think. I remember early on, one of my good buddies, Steve Rosenbach, would always come out and we'd go to the same location. We'd all shoot. Steve would come back and he'd show like one or two images and they were always spectacular. One day I joked and said, my goodness, Steve, have you ever taken a bad picture? And he said, well, you didn't see the other 50 that I didn't post. And I thought, yes, I'm posting 40 images and he's posting two. He looks like a better photographer now because I have 38 mediocre and two good ones. You can tomorrow become perceived as a much better photographer by just curating and only showing the absolute best. This was my, of my top 10 secrets for being a better photographer. Number 10 was don't show your bad pictures. Photos are like a conversation. I think that when you want to engage with people in photos, you have to listen to the photos. Does that make sense? It does, because you will listen and you'll think next, what is the story that I want to tell? And which ones help me best to tell that story? What does it take to become a professional photographer? So, a couple things. One, the ability to see creatively and translate that into the camera because the camera sees differently than we do seeing something creative and then knowing how to translate that from your three-dimensional world to a 2d image we joke about keep rate when we're doing workshops meaning i can get a good picture if you give me 200 attempts at it but when you are working more often than not the client is going to want you to work magic and they're going to say you only have 10 minutes to do it. You've got to say, okay, I'm going to deliver with these constraints. You have to know how to walk into just about any situation and think about creativity and think about how to use light dramatically and think about composition and storytelling. And, and oh, by the way, what is the purpose of this photograph and shoot with that strategic intent? So those are the things I think you would turn to a professional photographer and the expectation you would have of him or her that they can deliver on strategic intent, on command, and at the same level of quality repeatedly.
Lynn, how do you help professional photographers take their creativity to that next level? One of the things I learned when I started teaching and mentoring was how to ask questions that help you discover your own vision and how you would create your own. I do this by mentoring to help you have the opportunity to photograph, to have community encouragement, and then the things I know that you need to do to become better. When I talk about the path that a photographer takes, just starting out, which I call the emerging photographer, to the enthusiast is where most people reside, where they do it for fun, but it's not a career choice, and then the entrepreneurial. To move from the beginner to the enthusiast, one of the things you'll have to do is take a lot of pictures. Because it's in the taking pictures and taking bad pictures and seeing what you don't like about them and going back and taking more and taking more and taking more is where you start to train your eye to see creatively and you start to understand what kind of subject matter material you really enjoy photographing and where your niche might be and what kind of style you want to identify yourself. It's something that will present itself to you if you take enough pictures and look at enough pictures. You want to challenge yourself to try different kinds of things. And over time, in the volume, this is where you begin to see yourself and then to begin to really define your work and become better. The other thing we do is then provide feedback constructive criticism and feedback, and that's also part of the mentoring and coaching that I'll do. So again, what did you see when you photographed this and what were you trying to do? And let's see what you might have done differently next time and think through the process so that it's in your head the next time you raise the camera, iterate by improving just a little bit, improving just a little bit and improving just a little bit. And I think that helps you get there. And as you said, photos tell our stories. We, in the course of our daily lives, capture the extraordinary. Lynn, this has been an exciting conversation, and I do hope you will come back and join us on Tea, Toast, and Trivia. Absolutely. I would love to. I'd come back anytime you invite me, Rebecca. And as we close the conversation, which I do not want to close, any last words? Well, thank you for having me, and thank you for allowing me to share in this conversation. I love talking photography, as you know. If you go to shutterbuglife.com, which is where I do all my teaching and coaching, you'll see Project Momentum there. Click on that and join. You can come and do the daily project with us. Basically, we are on a platform similar to a Facebook group where everyone is just trying to share their photograph a day or over a week. This is about us creating momentum in our photography. And that's where I'll also be starting my Shutterbuck Mentoring Club. We'll be restarting that one again next month. I do free photo webinars. I try and get to do at least one or two each month. I'm getting back into a lot of those things now. And so a lot of good stuff happening because I find this is where I can do the most good. Thank you, Lynn, for sharing your knowledge, experience, and insights. You have been a source of encouragement to me over the years. You remind me that photography is personal because it tells our story and documents along with all 
the other photos that circulate in our virtual world, the greater narrative of our generation. Listeners, I invite you to connect with Lynn on his website, shutterbuglife.com, and on LinkedIn. Until next time we meet, dear friends, keep safe and be well.